Hi, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving week to you. And uh, man, I tell you, to, to, what a better way to start a day than to have stories being told in baptism. We could be done, but we're not. I, just, I was just moved to my core, weren't you, in the celebration of the stories of lives changed. Thank you, God, for what he's doing. Shout out to all of those that are online with us, as well as Bush Lake. West Tonka has an off-site worship gathering. They're coming back this afternoon, and we'll have baptisms in their service as well. So just welcome, everybody, and, and glad you're here, and happy Thanksgiving week to you. And can I just encourage you, travel safely if you're traveling. Uh, celebrate well with friends and family, and eat pie, you know, because... When else do you eat pie in the course of the year? But Thanksgiving, in our home, we don't never eat pie. So just eat to your heart's content. But most importantly, um, would you thank God? That's the message today, is really thank God. And it's an important message for us to that given end because um, gratitude, when it's there, it changes the environment. It changes relationship. And I think about this. Have you, have you ever used this phrase, thank God? Thank God. In the lighter side, you know, it kind of happens because of things that happen in our lives. Like we have 19 people to celebrate Thanksgiving with. And like, it's just a lot of people. And I'm getting older. And our son and his absolutely lovely bride said, um, we'll host it at our house. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. I mean, so there's a lighter side to it, right? Or I think about... Um, our children, as they've grown to be adults, has kind of been, I'm gonna be, it's been shocking sometimes, but they pay for our meals when we go out to eat, and I go, thank God. <laughs> our investment is starting to come back the other way in the journey. Thank God for that. But then that phrase is oftentimes used in far more weighty situations. Like when you have received bad news after bad news after bad news, and it feels like you just can't get ahead of it. And all of a sudden, there's, Good news. And you go, thank God. Thank God for the goodness. That, that was the case for Carrie. Um, and I have a journal that I wrote in, this is a, my 2020 journal, on December 1st of 2020. And if you recall, in December of 2020, if you were around here, we launched, it was the first day of a 21-day prayer and fast that we did as a church because it was needed. We were dealing with rising pandemic implications. There was rising all kinds of distress, discouragement, disappointment. There was rising agitation. There was rising frustration. And in the middle of it, on December 1st, I put this in my journal. Carrie had a beautiful experience today. She was at Home Depot getting Christmas lights and putting them in the back of her vehicle's trunk. Um, a woman about 75 years of age, a stranger, approached her and said, your blessings are about, uh, your blessings are around the corner. God bless you. And it lifted her spirit it created anticipation and expectation for good to come. Lord, may it be so. And I ended my entry, an angel, question mark. Complete stranger. In the midst of some hard times, there's a promise, your blessings are around the corner. Now when somebody says that, you start to look around the corner. <laughs> because we all want to experience the blessings and the goodness of God. 
And I'm so glad that we did and that that anticipation was given to us in so many fronts. Well, um, today I want to share with you um, from David's words. David, who was in a place of just being, you know, hard-pressed, a long, long season of distress and disappointment and discouragement, a lot of agitation, a lot of frustration, and... He offers up this song of praise that is so beautiful. I thought, this week, I want to preach on this text. And his circumstances don't change. They're hard. But his heart is changed because he looks up to God and he expresses gratitude. When you express gratitude, it lifts up the heart. So I want you to hear the psalm, and then I'm going to speak to it in a moment. He says, Psalm 138, this is from, by the way, the message. And it's been for me. I promise I'm going to read it in a second, but it's been for me a favorite. Um, Psalm 138 has been my psalm over the last two years. It's brought lift and encouragement. I pray it does to you. He says and sings, he puts this in a song, thank you. Everything in me says thank you. Angels listen as I sing my thanks. I kneel in worship facing your holy temple and I say it again, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your faithfulness. Most holy is your name. Most holy is your word. The moment I called out, you stepped in and you made my life large with strength. When they hear what you have to say, God, all earth's kings will say, thank you. They'll sing of what you've done, how great the glory of God. And here's why. God, high above, sees far below. No matter the distance, he knows everything about us. When I walk into the thick of trouble, keep me alive in the angry turmoil. With one hand, strike my foes. With the other hand, save me. Finish what you started in me, God. Your love is eternal. Don't quit on me now. I love that line. Don't quit on me now. David um, is really saying, thank God. And he's offering four reasons in this psalm that he thanks God. And I want to speak to those four reasons, but as well, I want to speak to my thankfulness, to how God has been on the move through our church in this last year. There's so many things I could say, but I'm going to compliment each of these with an expression of gratitude for God's work in and through our church. So it's going to be a both and as we step into these four reasons. And the first one is simply this. Thank God for being my God. It's so personal. And I hope you feel it. I hope you have days like that where you're just undone, that God is in my life. I resonate. Thank God that God is my God. Because in this moment, it's everything that he needs to be able to deal with what life has been handing out to him. He's not alone that he has God. He says, thank you for being my God. Let's take a look at these first few verses. He says, thank you. Everything in me says, thank you. And I want you to know it's not a half-hearted kind of praise that he's giving here. No, he is full on. He's full blast. It is a wholehearted expression of gratitude to God. He says, thank you. Everything in me says thank you. It's everything. The, the whole being comes before God. He says, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he has reason because he is in so touch with who God is in his life that he is giving thanks with his everything. He is really praising God for being the G-O-E, which I try to come to every once in a while, that God um, is this provider, that everything 
comes from God in our life, that everything belongs to God, that everything is ruled by God and everything will be returned to God. And so he says, thank you. Everything in me says thank you. It's not half-hearted. And I know, you know, when we sit around the table and the days go by, it's easy. Yeah, let's thank God. We thank him for this. We thank him. But sometimes we're so casual. Over the course of this, we give a heartfelt expression of gratitude to God for everything that he has given to you because all that you are and all that you have has come from him. Thank you, he says, for being my God. And then he goes into this next line, angels listen as I sing my thanks. And when I'm going through this, I kind of stop at this. I go, that's really interesting. Angels listen. And it got me thinking about angels and Clint and Annie, by the way, too, because Clint and Annie communicated to us last week, as you already heard, that they put up their Christmas tree two weeks ago. Like, it's kind of like nuts. Why would you do that? You know, we're, <laughs> well, that given place. But then you start, there's a trend here. If you go out, I mean, Christmas trees are everywhere. We said, well, okay, we will too. So we put up our Christmas tree this week. We followed the, the pursuit of the, the readies, and it's an early one for us. Um, and, and as we do, I, I put the, what, on the top of our tree, what sits at the top of our tree is the angel of the Lord. You kind of have to focus there. She's got this beautiful gown, goes, flows over the top of our tree. That angel of the Lord has sat on top of every tree we've had since we were married. That's a long time. I'm like, oh, a long time. And, and every tree, and we're keeping her all the way till the end. You know, we put the pieces together. Most of them are missing, but we, we've got enough there. You can't tell. It's beautiful. Angel of the Lord. And it got me thinking, what do angels do? Angels worship God. Angels are warriors for God. Angels announce, proclaim, declare God's purposes like this angel of the Lord. Um, makes this beautiful announcement. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of Bethlehem, a Savior has been born for you. Now that's a declaration, right? A savior has been born to you. Do you love that declaration? Just say amen. amen. Don't you? A savior has been, they declare this, but they also watch over us. They protect us. They guide us in life and journey. You ever get fascinated wondering, do I have a guardian angel? A lot of research on whether there are guardian angels, but they step in. And what a gift it is that they do, because when you read the text here, you find out that, that he is saying something really quite powerful in the journey, that he is reminding us, David, that angels do all these things, but angels listen. And in one sense, it makes sense to me. How could they guide us or comfort us or lead us if they weren't listening? But I hadn't thought about angels listening. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I know they're listening. Hebrews talks about the cloud of witnesses, people that we have loved and gone on before us who are listening, that they have access in some way. I don't know what it looks like completely. But I hadn't thought about the fact that the angels listen as well. And I couldn't help but think at that Home Depot if that was an angel who approached Carrie when she was putting those lights in the back of the tree. Psalm 138, what a gift. Angels listen. I'm comforted by that. And continues, I kneel in worship facing your holy temple and say it again, thank you. He kneels. You feel that heart um, devotion fully devoted, he's on his knees, thanking God, overwhelmed by this God who is the God of everything. And then he continues and says, thank you for your love, he gets specific, and thank you for your 
faithfulness. In the Hebrew, that's a dyad. They work together, they interface, love and faithfulness. And the word for love here is a Hebrew word called hesed, love. It's a beautiful word. There are many words in the Greek and the Hebrew that express the different dimensions of love. It's not just one word like we have in English, love, but it's layered with all kinds of dimensions. But this love, hesed love, is the safety net to all of the other loves. It is the mighty right hand of God that holds us together. It is the covenant love of God. It's where God says to Israel and to his people, I will love you for a thousand generations, forever and ever and ever and ever. His love is with us and for us. He is not against us. And you know, every need of every boy and girl and grown man and woman is to love and to be loved. And the promise of God in his covenant of love uh, is that he gives us this safety net. By the way, that word hesed love appears 246 times in the Hebrew scripture. It's a message he wants us to hear and never forget, he loves you, he loves you, he loves me. Thank you, God. Thank God for loving me. And he continues, thank you for your faithfulness. And that word, you know, is powerful. Faithful love, loyal love is the call there. And it's found again and again in scriptures. Probably one of my favorites is Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, where we find that it becomes the fuel for one of the greatest hymns of all of church history, Great is Thy Faithfulness. We could bounce and sing that song right now. And the text says, his mercies are new every day, Great is his faithfulness. That every day you wake up to a new bucket of mercy. When you get out of bed, sometimes you feel like you don't want to get out of bed. I'm telling you, there's a bucket of mercy. Get out of bed. Roll into that bucket of mercy and let the Lord and his faithful love fuel you through the day, even the hardest days. And that's what he's giving his attention to. And he continues, most holy is your name. Most holy is your word. Most holy is your name. I have found this of great comfort in my life and my journey just to hold up the name of the Lord. Um, Psalm 52 ends with the, the beautiful phrase, I will hope in your name for your name is good. You feeling a little hopeless today? Put the name of the Lord before you. I had a crisis call last winter. It was about two in the morning. That comes occasionally, not often, but a dear friend whose life was on the brink. It looked like he was about to die. His wife called and I said, I'm on my way. And I'm telling you, my heart, my heart was racing. I just love them so much. And I'm going on Highway 5 and I'm heading west and my heart is racing, my heart is racing. And the whole time, I'm just repeating the beginning of the Lord's Prayer when he taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven. I just prayed, our Father, our Father, our Father. Our Father. I didn't do the whole prayer, just our Father. I got to the light on 5 and 41. This calm came right over me. Our Father. And I arrived totally at peace. And fortunately, all turned out well in that given story. But I find the comfort that David is feeling is the name of the Lord. Your most holy name is your word. It's just a reminder. If you need encouragement, guys, take, take your Bible off the shelf. If it's, if it's on a shelf, open it up and read it and, and ask God, speak to me because that's why this is here. This is a love story first and foremost. He wants to speak. Don't, don't get into your head. I don't know how to read it. I don't understand it. No, 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 no. That is not the work of the Lord. Open it up and read it. He will speak to you. That's why Martin Luther said, and my favorite quote on Martin Luther is, the Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has 
hands, it takes hold of me, it has feet, it runs after me. It's a very dynamic thing. The word of God is our life, and we get that beautiful picture of David reinforcing it. That gratitude, you see, settles the heart of David. Oh, thank God. Say thank God a lot this week. And every day, say thank God. It'll settle your heart. So I have to say thank you to our church, Westwood, for standing up for God. Because angels are listening. And God is on the move doing great and mighty things. And I want to give a shout out to our Bush Lake campus because I started to think about the many things I go, I can't speak to all of those things that have happened. So just this last week, three things happened at our Bush Lake campus. I want to give you a shout out at Bush Lake because God is on the move through the hub and through the ministry that's happening, not just for Destino, our Hispanic ministry that is there, but Perizim, the Ethiopian church that meets at our Bush Lake site, or the East Indian community that meets in the Tamil language on Friday nights. If you're free on a Friday night, go to that service. It's a ton of fun. The service last very long, first of all, just a heads up to you. But after the service, they provide a dinner, the East Indian dinner. It's amazing. So at 10 o'clock, we're sitting around the table, p.m., and having dinner until like almost midnight. I go, friends, I've got to go to bed, and I'm going to wake up with East Indian food in my stomach. I'm not sure what's going to happen here. But (laughs) it was so much fun. God is on the move at Bush Lake. But this week alone, three other things happened. I want to just show you how God is on the move. There was a gathering that took place of Churches United. It's a new group of black pastors and white pastors, black churches and white pastors who are linking arms together, believing that if the church would link arms together, there would be a movement of God in the Twin Cities that the whole world would see because the spotlight got put onto the Twin Cities over these last few years. Why? Racial tension is everywhere. Why did it get put on the Twin Cities in the elevated way all around the world in our own country? Because we believe that God is going to show our nation and the world what it means when the church rises up and links arms together. I've been in ministry for 43 years, friends, and I'm gonna tell you, we have never linked arms. We've gone to Billy Graham events. We've had prayer gatherings. We have never linked arms in a sustainable way. What would happen if the church of Jesus Christ linked arms and say, look at the reconciliation power of Jesus Christ in our lives being lived out? Good and God things happen. <laughs> Amen. And we're, we're committed to that. So we're involved and it's a three day and a half retreats over the next eight months. That was the first one. We walk out of it and we run into a group of 50 Afghan women who were gathered around tables sewing. They have a kind of sewing club. These are among those 150 Afghan women who came and were fortunately rescued out of Afghanistan. They come to this new home. They don't know anybody. They learn about the hub. They ask for permission to meet. We make it available to them. So every week there's about 50 Afghan women who come and they sew. They get to know each other. They deepen fellowship. But I want to give a shout out to our Bush Lake campus. The hospitality that you extend to those who are gathering there is extraordinary. The good news of Jesus is being planted by love and making our space available to the Afghan women who are there. So thank you, Bush Lake. Um, And then we come out of that reality to even another reality, a new thing that happened this week, just this week, we made our space available to Young Life. And many of you know the ministry of Young Life, and we love them, we partner with them, they have great leadership, we support them, we pray for them. But one of their missional thrusts is that they wanna connect and bring the gospel to kids who are um, disconnected um, or disengaged from the church and Jesus Christ. And there's a rising reality of that in our country, and 
there's all kinds of alarm that the young people are leaving the church left and right. But this week at Bush Lake, I want to show you a little video here. 500 teenagers met together from 12 different communities to hear the gospel in song and to hear the gospel in preached word. And many of them have never entered into a church in their whole life. God is on the move, and I give thanks to God. We give thanks to God for what he's doing in all of that. So thank God for being my God and the God of our church. But secondly, he says, thank God for answering my prayer. That God answers prayer. Do you believe that God answers prayer? Yes, he answers prayer. Sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no, and sometimes he says later. But he always has purpose behind every prayer that gets answered. And in the flow of it, there's always something that's coming our way. As David is thanking God, he's experiencing answered prayer in a specific way. The moment I called out, you stepped in and you made my life large with strength. The moment I called out, I called out. He stepped in and made my life large with strength. Yeah, we're a weak people. It doesn't take much to buckle us, even the strongest among us. We can be laid low pretty quickly when there's devastating news. David is feeling so weak in the midst of everything he's faced, but he turns to God, and God makes large his faith. I love this picture. I love this sound that David, in the midst of difficult people and really harsh circumstances, finds himself in a place where he can pray. I told you this psalm has been a highlight psalm for me for the last two and a half years. Um, this verse has been my theme verse. The, the moment I called out, you stepped in and you made my life large with strength, not changing all the circumstances, just reminding me of who God is and that he is my God. In fact, having gone through this with other leaders who are dealing in the care industry or educators, a shout out to all of you, those in the service industry, police and fire, it's been a rough few years and we've had to encourage each other in life and leadership and we've done that dealing with a CPR that has been necessary to this day, COVID, politics and race. That, that's the combination of our challenge and yet we have. I came in the midst of all the fury of that season and on my desk one day was a plaque and a, a note and in the note was a prayer of encouragement for me. I've kept that prayer and on the plaque it says, even on my worst days I'm killing it. <laughs> it's, just, it's still on my desk today and I understand that I'm not killing nothing. It's only the large strength of God that allows us to make a difference of his goodness. But we need to be reminded that he is there to do all of that. The psalmist calls out, and I think that's the call for us. Call out to God, and wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with, he'll step in. Friends, he'll step into your life, and he'll answer your prayer. And if you're weak, he'll make you strong. He loves to do that. So thank God for answering prayer. We've had a mantra here at Westwood for uh, really uh, about a year and a half that prayer is our way forward. Prayer is our way forward. You've heard it a hundred times, a thousand times. I just populate that with a few thoughts about how prayer is our way forward. First of all, prayer is our way forward in that over the last year and a half, we just said, let's start every meeting that we have, no matter what, where we are in the circle of our staff and what we're doing, 
and just open in prayer. It could be a silent prayer, a brief prayer, but let's start with prayer. Just a reminder every day that God is for us, and let's step into that place. Um, we saw all kinds of fruit in prayer happening in 21 days of prayer and fasting. That was part of our journey. And I'm so glad that you have said yes. Many of you have entered into those 21 days. When we're on bended knee, the angels listen. God, Jesus, the Spirit intervene. Um, we've had um, added over the course of the last year, returning from COVID, pre-service prayers and post-service prayers. We have a picture here. After the service, you will find people gathering here in the front. We have a prayer team. These are godly people. They're not intervening with your personal life. They're just saying we're here to pray for you, to encourage you. And even on today, at the end of the service, it'll be available at all of our sites. You can come down and receive prayer because we need to be a praying people. And when we're a praying people, the angels listen. God steps in in a new, beautiful way. Take advantage of it. And there's a pre-service prayer. This is new to us. We have a group of people committed to come here before you arrive. And they pray around the building. They pray over the chairs and who's gonna be seating in them. Even though they don't know who you are, you have been prayed for today already. Does that just bring some encouragement to you along the way? And then we're, we're praying in prayer walks, not just in our church building and around our campuses, we're praying as well into our neighborhoods. And I just throw this one real quick. This is not for everybody. You have to be well-trained into this one. But the black churches have identified the seven hot zones working with the police department of Minneapolis-St. Paul where prostitution and violence and drug dealings, I mean, it's the dark place. It's the underworld of our twin cities, which is a real problem. What penetrates darkness more than anything? Light. Light, and Jesus is the light of the world. There's a small group of people, black leaders and white leaders who go together on Friday nights into these neighborhoods and they bring a grill and they cook food and they offer prayer. I'm telling you, completely broken people walking in darkness come to receive prayer because you know on the inside they're thinking there's gotta be more than this. God is on the move. We've seen this fruit over this journey. We thank him for answering prayer. And I just want to encourage you, take time this week and give thanks to God for answered prayer. I know you've got a lot to give thanks for when you gather with friends. Would you just parse out some time, take a sheet of paper, and just starting to list, I'm telling you, your soul will lift with how much prayer God has answered in your life if you take the time to see it. And then the third, he says, thank God um, along the way for, yes, the pouring of God's goodness on all people, all people, not some people, not just Jewish people, not just Israeli people, on all people. We have this little phrase around here that everyone is welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible with God. Now there's a hope-filled statement, and it comes from God himself who welcomes everyone. The families of the earth and the nation are included in the goodness of God. Look what David says. He says, when they hear, that is the nations, what you have to say, God, all earth's kings will say, thank you. They'll sing of what you've done, how great the glory of God, and here's why. God high above sees far below. No matter the distance, he knows everything about us. Everything. How, how do you feel about that last sentence? He knows everything about you. He sees it. He knows it. I think we get unsettled by that because, well, if he truly sees it, you're thinking to yourself, he doesn't like everything he sees and knows about me. And that's probably true. And yet, when you read what's 
transpiring here, you realize that our instinct is that God is going to come with this incredible thundering madness over our lives and strike us with lightning is not at all the case. David is saying something completely different, that God sees us and knows us, and yet they will say thank you, and they will sing of all that you have done. In the name of the song, how great the glory of God. So what specifically, when I'm studying this, comes to me, what specifically causes people to thank God from the families of the earth or to sing praises to God, what is taking place? And the answer is found in this little song title, how great the glory, the glory, the glory of God. And what is glory? What does it mean? Well, I have from the beginning of the church said to glorify God is to increase his reputation wherever we are, at work, in our communities, in our neighborhoods, is to increase his reputation. Well, specifically, the Bible says more. It actually specifies what his glory is. In Exodus 33, we find Moses calls on God and he prays, show me your glory. And God answers. Can I just read it to you? Because I love it. It's a simple statement, but it is so good. God answers this beautiful statement. He says, I will make all my goodness pass before you. What is the glory of God? It's the goodness of God. That all nations will benefit from the goodness of God. And they will thank God because life without that goodness is not life at all. And they will sing praises to God. How great the glory of God. How great your goodness in life and journey. I'm so grateful that God has done that for us. And with your open hands of generosity, um, you have glorified God. You have glorified God by increasing his reputation of goodness here in our own backyard, near into the Twin Cities where 162 nations are now gathered and we're sharing the gospel, seeing churches planted and far in the distant places of the world. In fact, this week, I'm gonna leave with a group of seven and we're gonna go to Togo, West Africa to see God's goodness on display. And we are going to teach 225 pastors servant leadership. And I got a feeling we're gonna learn a lot about servant leadership from them too. And many of you are going, Togo, West Africa, where's Togo, West Africa? Because you think it's Togo, like to go, like a restaurant experience that you've had. It's not that at all. In fact, uh, this is where Togo is. It's on the west coast of Africa. It is known as the Slave Coast. It's in this region that slaves first were sent out of Africa into the West Indies and other places around the world. It's known as Togo is, the birthplace to voodoo. And you thought it was a game that you play. It is not. It's rooted in darkness. It taps into the principles and powers of the unseen world. It's about curses that tap into demons. And it's been a land of darkness for centuries. But light is penetrating the darkness. In the last two decades, in the last decade alone, great, marvelous things are happening. So we're entering into that land with the light of Christ and we're bringing the cross of Christ which is now anchored into the soil of Togo and anchored into the hearts of those who gather and the gospel is being shared. Jesus Christ is alive and churches are being planted. We've got a little video here of one of the churches. We'll be spending some time in this church. I mean, it's delightful. I just say they're clapping their hands. They're raising their hands. They got... Joy, the joy of the Lord in their hearts. Just take a hold of this. In the last three months, 
the last three months, through your Love Builds Generosity Initiative that we participated in this last year, which went to support pastors, new leaders on the ground to train and plant new churches, 152 churches have been planted in Togo in the last three months. That's your generosity at work by God's power through our partners to make a difference. And we get to be part of that and what a gift it is. So we thank God that God is my God and the God of our church. We thank God for answering prayers. We thank God for his goodness that goes to all the families of the earth. And then finally, we thank God for protecting my life. He protects me. He holds us in that Hesed love. David um, is real and raw here. His life really is not simple or easy. He's not skipping through a field of flowers. He sees new troubles ahead and he has shadows from yesterday's troubles, but this is what he says. He says, when I walk into the thick of trouble, keep me alive in the angry turmoil. With one hand, strike my foes. With your other hand, save me. It's really a beautiful picture. God protects me. With one hand, he's saying, just keep my enemies at bay. And with your other hand, cover me, protect me, lead me. And the angels listen. They're part of God's workforce and he sends them into our journey and what a gift that is. So here we come and we wrap up with the last verse and I'm grateful for God's protective power but he, he finishes up the song. Finish what you started in me, God. Your love is eternal. Don't quit on me now. Sometimes you wanna quit on yourself. Sometimes you get other people quitting on you and you're so discouraged by it. Don't quit on me now because he's tapping into the Hesed love of God. God will never quit on you. He is always for you. He is never against you. Receive the power and the hope of that given love. And so an appetizer for this week ahead, Thanksgiving week, is what do you thank God for? Would you fill in the blank? I thank God for fill in the blank. What comes to your mind right away? Will you hold it? And will you share that with somebody today or will you gather with friends? Let God be part of what you're thanking him for in your life. Not just all the good things in your life, the God who provided the good things. And you will find the angels listen. The goodness gets poured out. So I need to be done. I don't want to be good. Would you like to have lunch together today? I don't want to be done, but I want to close with this. Um, from James Smith, from my journal, dated November of 2022, back into the journal. I try to write down things here or there and see the goodness of God. It was so fun to go through my journal and just be reminded, this is from my Love Builds journal. You're in my Love Builds journal. I filled the whole journal with Love Builds stories. I can't read it without weeping. So glad for God and his goodness. So I close with this thought. This is James Smith, 20th century Puritan, in what he calls Look Up. Sensible of our foes and dangers, we should look up and pray to be kept and guided and sanctified by our ever-present God. If we look within, it will dispirit us. If we look around, it may distract us. If we look back, it may awaken fears. If we look forward, it may arouse foreboding. If we look up to God, it will preserve the head from swimming, the heart from sinking, the feet from slipping, and the hands from hanging down. Beloved, let us 
look up. And there our loving Father is. There our interceding Savior is. There all our supplies are. There our everlasting hope is. Let others look where they will look. I will look up. And I invite you to do the same. Look up to God. Thank God. And join me as we praise him. Would you open your hands and receive this blessing? Thank you, God, for a marvelous week. should be part of every day when we just pause and say, well, thank God. Thank God for being my God. Thank God for answering my prayers. Thank God for caring for all peoples of every family of the earth, including our own. And thank you, God, for protecting us. So much harm, so much danger, so much meanness. But we rest in your mighty right hand in the Hesed love of God. And we stand up for you, knowing that the angels listen, along with you and your beautiful son and our spirit who guides us and protects us always. We worship you. May it be a week of bountiful praise and thanks for who you are. We give that praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.